0: That I swore I would never go back. I was blind to the truth, didn't know what I had. I was running, I was searching, but every place I turned for healing left me more broken than the last. Take me back to the place that feels like home, to the people I can depend on, to the faith that's in my bones. Me back to a preacher in a verse where they've seen me at my worst. To the love I had at first. Oh, I want to go to church. trying to walk on my own, but I'm wound up lost. Now I'm making my way to. A place that feels like home to the people I can depend on to the faith that's in my bones
1: Well, good morning, Dallas Church. We're glad that you're here today. We are in the middle of the I Love My Town series, and so as we're doing this, we're doing some extra things to kind of love on our town, so this is not Um, the new interior decor style. This is actually something where we are going to band together as a church and show our town some love. So if you are new with us, make sure that you stop by our Connections booth um, so that we can give you uh, one of our DC mugs. And the rest of us, uh, come on in, and we're going to gather and sing and worship today.
2: Keep talking. I'm not ready.
1: Okay, you guys ready for a Bible joke? (laughs) All right. This is one that I wrote myself. Um, and the youth group tells me it is out of style, and so maybe some of you are going to get it, okay? But um, <laughs> uh, so here, here we go with this. All right, which Bible character was the most on fleek? Aminadab. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, everyone. I hope
2: I love you, Andrew. You crack me up, man. can separate Even if I, I ran away Your love, love never fails I know I still make, make mistakes, mistakes but you have me say The water's deep. I'm not alone here in these open seas. Your love never fails. The chasm is far too wide. I never thought I'd. Bye.
3: Of my town. Well, today you see the room is a little different. We're going to do some cool things uh, with some clothes sorting. This is uh, often what people donate uh, here in town and uh, the human services and the academy building. Uh, oftentimes this is what they get exactly like this and they have to sort it and oftentimes they ask for clean clothes, but oftentimes they don't get that. So it's, I think it's good for us as a church family to see that sometimes, you know, when you lose everything in a fire or something like that, this is what you you are kind of given. And so we get a chance to kind of help the city sort it a little bit so that when people come, they can go right to where the, the size they need. So pretty excited about that. We're going to do that today after first service today, and then also after second service. But before we get there, remember, every week we have a big push, right? Every week we wanted to do something that we can't do everything, but we can do something. And, uh, and last weekend, as many of you know, we, we had uh, over an abundance, a great amount of food. And I'm so impressed with you guys because... You, you didn't bring the beach, right? You brought meat. Like we were able to, I remember I, got, I, went, I went to the food bank on Friday morning and uh, the guy that was there helping me out, I can't remember the guy's name, Eldon, I think. And he's like, man, you guys got the good stuff. That's what he said. Wow. We brought the good stuff, yeah. right? That's what we said. We're not bringing the seconds. We're going to bring the good stuff. So I'm so impressed. Give, give yourselves a hand. That was awesome. Wow. Super cool. Today we're doing sorting, and we're going to get to that. Uh, Andrew will talk more about that as we end. But I wanted to bring up a good friend of mine. Yeah, I just met her. Come on up. Well, we met each other before. But, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is wonderful. She is here with uh, Bambinos. Yes. And, uh, and, and gosh, Bambinos is a ministry here in town for, for moms yes. and uh, really helping them out. And so I, I wanted to bring up uh, Bambinos here. We're going to do a push next weekend. And so I wanted to turn it over to Belinda. Thank
4: you. Well, what a blessing it is to share with my brothers and sisters in Christ about Bambinos. Um, uh, When I heard I was invited to come, I got really, really excited because we believe that we are here to support the church, to support the families in Polk County. We feel like we have a very unique um, position in that a lot of our mamas and dads who come in have been burned by church or have just been unchurched, um, and they come to us to get a need met, but then we hope we can funnel them to the right source. Um, So just to share a little bit about who we are, um, our mission statement is um, we're a nonprofit ministry that aims to reduce stress in the families in Polk County um, by meeting their needs, Um, and as we demonstrate the love of Christ, our hope is to bring them um, to a place of understanding, of who Christ is, so that um, the Lord can help rebuild their life with them, and then they can be productive members of our community. So that's who we are. Our name, Bambinos, um, is because Jesus was Jesu Bambino, and that means little child. And um, when the lady who started this beautiful organization, Beth, named us, um, she said, you know, Jesus was born into poverty right away. He understood poverty, and he lived a poor life, and he said he had no place to lay his head. So he, um, he understood and identified and called us to love the poor, to love the fatherless and the widows, and that's what we're trying to do as a church body. Um, so we have lots of different ministry options, um, different things that we do when Beth started us, She started with just doing diapers at James 2 Kitchen. She realized that government did not provide diapers. They do everything else, but they don't help with diapers. And she felt, that's our in. That's our in to get these people into us, and then we'll talk to them about the love of Christ. So she started just taking diaper orders in James 2 Kitchen and worked out of her garage, and then she was finally able to get a space, and then a bigger space, and now a bigger space yet. Um, And so we do diapers, wipes, formula. We are now doing a very active car seat program that started two years ago where we're getting brand new car seats to families in need. We're making sure they meet a clinician who knows how to install it and teach them how so that their children are safe in those beautiful car seats. Uh, We do sports scholarships. Um, And then our newest thing this last year that we're excited about is that we do baby showers for mamas that have left the drug scene and have therefore left all their friends and have lost all their support. So uh, we actually have three baby showers coming up this next month that I want to make sure that you know about. November 1st, it's a Friday night at, I think, 6 or 6.30. Um, Another one on Thursday night, November 14th, and then another one in December in the beginning. So we'll be posting on our Facebook page about that. We would love to have some of you ladies come. Um, it is our deep desire to help bridge the gap between um, being unchurched and hurt and wounded to getting back into a healthy church body. Um, that is our desire. Um, we want to help these mamas as much as we can for as long as we can. But it is our deep desire to get them into a healthy church body. Um, and sometimes it takes us months or years. <laughs> some some mamas come every month, come in for their monthly diapers. And every week or every month we ask them, can we pray for you? How can we pray for you? And sometimes they shut us right down, but it's amazing to see those walls come down. Um, The longer they get to know who we are and know that we genuinely care about them and their babies. um, And we see them grow and we help them. We talk about potty training and everything else. So we build that relationship. And so um, if any of you lovely ladies would love to join us at a shower, we would love to have you. Um, but yeah, we, we do diapers, wipes, formula, car seats. Um, we just have so many needs and we're just so thankful that the Lord is always pouring it in and it is our desire to be a giant funnel. That's really it. The church knows that there's a need out there, but a lot of times they just don't know how to meet it. And we know these mamas. So we just funnel it to whoever needs it. And that's really our, our job. So thank you very very much for having me today, um, and we're super super excited um, to share to share the ministry with you.
3: Glenda, thank you so much.
4: You. Yeah,
3: uh, let's uh, let's just pray over. Let's pray together. You can just lean forward. And let's just pray. Uh, Glenda, thank you so much for coming. Uh, Lord, we're thankful for Bambinos and what they're trying to do, uh, trying to help uh, mamas and their babies and children uh, to not only be healthy and have the ne- their needs met, but also, Lord, have a chance to to maybe have a, an open door into a, a healthy church support system. So, Lord, we pray over uh, the ministry and, and Glenda and, and her her team, and we, Lord, we we just are thankful that we can meet needs, uh, just one one uh, person at a time. And uh, Lord, empower uh, just great things to happen in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I was so excited And I was Kind of shaking in my seat a little bit I, I couldn't wait for The announcement to happen it, it, it was one of those moments in my life That I'll, I'll not forget And really It was a moment That I knew when, when that announcement was read That my life was going to go in a very different direction and when the president of the college read my name Benjamin David Bauman I just felt this just sense of accomplishment Benjamin David Bauman and I got to come up and the president of the college handed me my bachelor degree and I remember just that feeling of kind of euphoria, fear, (laughs) um, excitement. But I knew at that point now I needed to like start living my life, living, doing the things that adults do. They have to eventually leave school and get a job. And I just remember how much everything changed after that announcement. I realize it's just a, an announcement for a degree, but maybe you've had an experience like that where an announcement was made that was altering your life. And that could be a number of things. That could be, honey, I'm pregnant. That's a pretty big announcement. Um, we're, we're downsizing, and uh, you're going to need to look for a different job. That's a pretty game-changing announcement. Or I now pronounce you right? That was a game-changing moment. Think of how much things change with just something like an announcement. And the announcement just means so much more, but those things are, are, are life-altering. I don't know what it was for you. I mean, I think we love, love the announcements that are good news. That's the kind of announcements that we want. We don't want to know that announcement from the doctor that says it might be cancer. We don't like those announcements. We want the good Announcements. But either way, those announcements are life changing. And and for me, I want us to be able to bring good announcements to our town. Today we are continuing in our series, I Love My Town. and, And my hope is that when we say and announce, I love my town, it will mean something. So let's just try that this morning again. Let's hear it, I love my town. A Little bit more, I love my town. One more time, I love my town. Words have power to them, they have weight to them. When we announce that, just like we did here, there's weight to those words. If we love our town, then what? How do we show love to our town? That's what this whole series has been. And uh, today, we're going to be looking at how we can, in, in all of these ways that we've been talking about, bring Jesus to our town. That's really our, our, our ultimate hope. You see, we've talked about having a, you know, in week one, we talked about having a passion for our town. You know, to, that really, we're, we're planted here. God put us here for a reason, uh, for a season, whatever that is. And, and while we're in our town, God has planted us here to be about the good things and to, and to bring, bring light and hope to our town, For as long as he's got us here, that's what we talked about in week one. Last weekend, you know, we talked about the idea of changing our town. That there's positive changes that we can affect here in our town. And today we're talking about how we bring Jesus to our town. Let's let's pause for a second and pray. Father, we come before you. You are so good. Your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Father, we hit the reset button today on the first day of the week as a church family. And Lord, we really do want to want to love our town. We want to love the people in our town because you love them. And Father, help us to to find ways to build bridges so that we could even share the good news of Jesus, your son, with our town. Father, empower us for that good work. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know the first person in scripture to announce Jesus, to kind of introduce him to the world in a fullest sense? I mean, certainly we know we're coming up on Christmas and we know that the first kind of people to hear some of the good news was these shepherds right they were hanging out just doing the shepherd thing and the angels kind of showed up and said bam there's going to be this awesome you know son of God coming and so we know that they got the first announcement but the first person to actually introduce Jesus was in John chapter 1 if you got your Bible look at John chapter 1 we're going to start in verse 19 first ever introduction in a public way To Jesus. Here we go. John 1 19. Hopefully you found it by then. Get your device going. John 1 starting with verse 19. And this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, Well, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had they had been sent from the Pharisees. And they asked him, why then are you baptizing, if you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? And John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you, stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. And then these things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. Verse 29, listen to this. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Interesting announcement, isn't it? John gets to introduce... And he probably could have said a number of things. You know, uh, we might have expected, here comes the, the, the king who's going to be able to walk on water someday, or here comes the, you know, here comes the guy that's going to tell you how to have a better family. Or how, No. The announcement was, behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Not just of the Jewish people. The sin of the world. All In that first announcement, John got that awesome opportunity to introduce and say, this is the Lamb of God that's going to take away the sin of the world. What a statement. The sin of the world, even people I disagree with. The sin of the world. Jesus is going to come take care of that. Now, since that day, obviously, we wouldn't even be in this room if people quit talking about Jesus. From that day, the baton has passed from disciple to disciple. We keep passing the baton generation after generation, and we get to tell the good story. Here's Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And we've told that story over and over. Every culture, every language, it's gone out. Doesn't matter the tribe, the color, doesn't matter. The the good news of Jesus has gone from from generation to generation. And I was thinking, uh, what's another good example of of kind of announcing Jesus or, or, or bringing Jesus to a town. And then I'm like, well, that's a couple chapters later. And if you've still got your Bible, we have the longest recorded conversation in the Bible. And you know it was between Jesus and a woman. In the first century, that was a bit scandalous. I mean, Jesus shouldn't even have been in that conversation. In fact, his disciples were kind of annoyed with him. But in John chapter 4, if you're familiar with the story, we have what we call this, this, this well moment where Jesus pauses at a well. It's like noon, I think, you know, around lunchtime or whatever. We know that partially because, you know, the scriptures tell us about that time. But also his disciples, they go into town looking to score some food. They heard that maybe there was an In-N-Out burger. So they're heading in to get some food. And, uh, and so then we have this interaction with Jesus and, and this woman. And, 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 and we also get the detail it was in Samaria. Now, Samaria was a hot button for ancient Jews because they always felt like Samaritans were second rate. They were, those people who were not even worthy of Assyria taken away or Babylon taken away back in, this is a long time ago, this is all history. But the, the Jewish people in and around Jerusalem really didn't have a lot of love for people in Samaria. Samaria was the capital of the northern tribes of Israel. This is all history, you don't have to know, you don't have to know all this. But but Samaria was like the, the capital city, kind of like the rival to Jerusalem. And they even set up worship back in the day in Samaria. So the Jewish folks didn't really get along with their kind of distant cousins, those Samaritans. And so Jesus, basically, he decides to go that route. When most of his contemporaries would have avoided Samaria, like the plague, Jesus, of course, he goes right he wades right in. And he has this conversation with this woman. And again, it's, it's one of the longest conversations. I didn't realize that when I was first studying, but I realized, wow, this is the longest kind of interaction we get in Scripture. And Jesus does it with a woman, and she does a pretty extraordinary thing. Now, if you know the story, uh, Jesus is having this conversation with this woman. Uh, she's a Samaritan, and, uh, and this this conversation starts to, to go different directions. She's uh, beginning to talk about, you know, he, He wants her to go get her husband at some point, and she's like, well, I don't have a husband, and he's like, no, actually, yeah, you're you're living with someone who's not, you've had five or whatever it is. I mean, she's kind of had some rough stuff in her life, and we don't know all the story there, but he has this interaction with her, and he's talking to her. He doesn't, you know, excuse her sin. He doesn't, you know, uh, know, bash her at all. He has this open conversation with her, And, and at one point, you know, he's getting personal with her, and talking about her husband, and and uh, and she starts talking about, well, you Jews worship in Jerusalem, and she's trying to change the subject and talk about other stuff, um, but, but Jesus doesn't get sidetracked. He's leaning in and having this conversation, looking her in the eye. I don't know when the last time maybe someone did that for her. Looking her in the eye, respecting her, and the, the amazing thing about this, and I'll let you read it. I'm not going to I'm not going to go into every detail of that story. It's, it's a powerful story. But again, realize this is one of the longest conversations in Scripture. So it's worth reading this week. John chapter 4. But here's, what, here's, the, here's the big deal. She, as she interacted with Jesus, I mean, she's getting excited about this guy. There's something different about him. He knows stuff about her. In fact, you know, at some point, uh, she hightails it back to town because she's so excited. And she goes, You know, back into town, she's telling her friends, telling her neighbors, this guy told me everything I ever did. There's some phrase like that. Now, again, we we don't have all that recorded there, but she's just saying, this guy, he's something else. This Jesus guy, he knows stuff he, he really has no way to know. And so she understood this isn't just some ordinary interaction. This isn't just some ordinary guy having this conversation. She goes back to town, and pretty soon... The entire town is coming out to talk about Jesus, to, talk, to interact with Jesus. Like, the, the whole town, they heard what she said, and here's this, this, you know, it's noon. Most of the time, it's probably hot at that point. It's probably the reason she was even at the well. is because she's not really well-liked among the other ladies in town. And so she has to come not in the morning. She's got to come, you know, middle of the day where it's hot. But that wouldn't be the, no, the normal time you'd get water. And uh, so she brings back the whole town. What do the disciples bring back? Lunch. They bring back lunch. She's brought the whole town. It's kind of interesting how that works. But she just told her story. And so this guy, he, let me tell you what he did for me. Doesn't like browbeat anybody. But but she said, look at what this guy did for me. And And people were compelled by that story. What a great evangelistic plan. Just telling her story. People have to. They got to. They got to see this for themselves. Longest recorded conversation in the Bible, and it's with a woman, a Samaritan woman, and Jesus doesn't browbeat her about. Well, you should have lived a better life. He doesn't give her all that. That he he could have maybe, but he 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 spoke to her heart, and respected her. And it was a life changer. She goes back and brings the whole town. I mean. Can you just imagine the disciples show up and they got their takeout bag, you know, and, they, and, they, and the whole town is following this gal that they're not even happy Jesus talked to. And here they come, and all they got to show for it is a bag of In-N-Out. That's, that's, what, that's what the effectiveness there was, you know what I'm saying? That's probably a good lesson. I'm, I'm guessing that Jesus talked about that often after that. Hey, you remember that time, you guys, when you were so concerned about lunch, you go into town, and then this lady comes back, she brings the whole town and in, wanted in, in to meet me. I wonder if they had conversations about this. Look, I mean, it's, it's not like Jesus ignored the fact that this, 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 this gal had some sinful patterns, patterns in her life. You know, she had some things, struggles. We don't know, again, all the details, but she had some struggles. And, and Jesus did confront that, you know, talked about that, go get your husband. Obviously, that's Jesus saying, hey, you know... I don't have to point this out to you. You know you got some things in your life that are that are not good, but he did it with so much love and respect uh, that she couldn't be helped. She couldn't help be drawn in. I and mean, Jesus drew people, didn't repel people. Well, sometimes he repelled religious people, but that's another story for another time. But he he attracted people because he respected them and he saw them and he he, he cared enough to learn their story. Right? Leaning in and learning someone's story. See, I don't think we need to go around dropping Bible grenades on people. You know, you know, I don't think we ever want to use holiness as an excuse to hurt people. I don't think that's ever a choice we, we should, should be making. We've said this before. If you're following Jesus, you have no right to be a bigot. You have no right to be a racist. You have, no, you have zero right. At the cross... It's a level playing field. That's what the the, gospel is all about. Remember, John said, here's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of only one race. Here's, Here's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of only Americans. Here's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Took care of it all. We don't need to drop Bible grenades on people. We need to drop some love on people. That's what this whole series has been about. I see some of you wearing the shirts. We don't want to use holiness to hurt people. You know, and and the thing is, this gal, I'm sure, this life-changing experience that happened with Jesus, I mean, she had to confront some stuff in her life. But now, she's going to confront it because she's respected, and, and he looked her in the eye, and he showed her love. That's a motivator right there not shame and guilt. She was loved. And then I think that interaction helped her to begin to start dealing with her past. You know, they say, right, it's not, I, I didn't come up with this, but if you're, if you're not dealing with your past, you can't be free from it. In you know, many ways, that's what a good counselor can help you do, kind of unpack some things that maybe you've just never been able to get past. And, and, and in Christ, we can actually start to get past our past. This gal had this interaction and she's finally able to confront these things and she's not even ashamed anymore. She goes in to tell the whole town. And I'm sure any of them, if you ask them, could tell all kinds of stuff about her. You know, that's the beauty of a small town, right? I don't know. I don't know how many people were in the town, but she was able to actually start dealing with their past. The good news of Jesus. The good news means forgiveness of sin for everybody, the entire world. Jesus is forever. The solution to the sin problem, not religion, not our own righteousness, not you know how many good deeds we did or how well we can sort clothing. That's not what that's about. We don't earn that. Jesus alone. It means in Him we can get past our past. In Christ we have hope now and the not yet. Jesus said, "Remember, I am the way, the truth, and the life." No one comes to the Father but through him. That's John 14, 6. We learn very quickly that all humanity is sinned. Romans 3, 23. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God, but God, in his mercy, Ephesians 2, by grace you have been saved through faith. That is the good news. He made us alive in Christ. Jesus is our Lord and our Savior, and he is the sin solution. And Salvation is available to anybody. Anybody who would just say, yes, I want that. Jesus doesn't turn people away. He doesn't lock the door on people. And the great thing is, in Christ, we can revel in that. Forgiveness and hope. And it's like, we should be the happiest people on the planet. And the most loving. I realize that's our goal. But we should be those loving people. that we're the most accepting. And I don't, think that's, I don't think the church has had a great run at that sometimes. You know, I I lived in the South for a while. And in in Tennessee, the joke was, you know, the most segregated day of the week is Sunday. And there you have, everybody's got their own pocket of, you know, different tribes and different, different, you know, races would have their own, you know, meetings. And and that should should stir us a little bit. Maybe maybe we're a little off, off track. Jesus came as a lamb for the sin of the world. And we get a chance to revel in the glory of being freed from sin, that Jesus took care of that for us. So our marching orders, our marching orders is to do whatever we can to let people know, know about that. It shouldn't be a secret. We shouldn't be keeping on that nugget. It should be something, hey, let me tell you my story. You know, that's usually what it starts with. Let me just tell you my story. I. Uh, yeah I was a screw up. I did this, right? you know you know maybe maybe your story isn't like super dramatic, and I think sometimes people say, well, I don't want to tell my story about Jesus because it's not like I was strung out on drugs and I, whatever you know you fill in the blank like that's a testimony, but even though people that have that testimony wish they didn't have that testimony because it hurt them, but your testimony can just be you know gosh when i when I started to realize that God loves me and And He's got, you know, a plan for me and it felt really good. It felt like I had hope Uh, You know, your story may not be super dramatic, but it's your story and you get to tell your story We get to tell that in our circles of influence and here's what is the most powerful thing about our story Your story is that we don't just necessarily have to go on a street corner and like, you know again browbeat people with this there are people in your circle of influence already who Maybe far from the Lord, and you just get to tell your story. You don't have to beat them over the head. Remember, we don't use holiness to hurt people. We don't have to to drop Bible truth bombs on people. We tell our story, and we introduce them to the hope that Jesus has for us. That that's our marching orders. And our takeaway today is just one thing. It's just this: build relationships and tell your story. That's it. People wonder, well, I'm not a Billy Graham. I'm not a I'm not a preacher. I'm not. You know, one of these people that stands up on stage, you don't need to be. You're already in circles of influence where God can use you to tell your story. Build relationships, tell your story. You don't have to shock and awe people, right? You don't have to come up with this elaborate, you know, argument. You just tell your story. Just just tell your story. Build relationships, tell your story. Look, I believe that when we're able to do that, this is where I trust the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's already probably working on somebody, you know. You don't have to tell them they got struggles in their life. They are well aware. You just have to tell your story. And the Holy Spirit kind of does this sort of thing on them. And it may take a while. I've been praying for people in my life for years. That at some point the right set of circumstances would help them just soften up. Do you know any people in your life that just seem so hardened all the time? I mean, I, I have people that I pray for that just seem to be angry all the time. It's almost like they're happier when they're miserable. And I've been praying for them that God would just soften their heart. We don't have to do all the work. We just build relationships. We tell our story. The Holy Spirit does, and I, I don't, it's a mystery to me how he does his work, but he'll do it. And I've seen it. It's like unlocking years of dysfunction, and it, it might take a while, but that's a beautiful thing to watch how the Holy Spirit will do that. You know, you take Jesus wherever you go. If you're a follower of Christ, you're taking Jesus with you, whether you like it or not. So maybe you should rethink where you're going. But you're taking him with you. So maybe that's that may be what you needed today. I don't know. Maybe you're writing that down right now. I need to. Where am I going? Uh, but we take Jesus with us, and so all we need to do is build relationships and tell your story. Not every relationship is going to end up in an opportunity, but those are building bridges. When we do good in our city, like we've been doing with I Love My Town, we're just we're just building bridges. We're just building. We can't we can't solve all the homeless problem. We can't solve all the addiction problems. We, we we talked about that, right? We can't we can't do it all, but we do something. And every time we do that, I think there's a little bit of a of a good a good a goodwill gesture that builds credibility, and people are willing to hear our story when they see that we love them. So we, we build relationships and we just tell our story and let the Holy Spirit do the work. I love what Ephesians 3 uh, says. If you've got your Bible, you can turn to this. But Ephesians three seventeen, 17, um, and, and Paul's talking here, one of the big kind of church leaders of the first century. And he said, I ask him, that is the Lord, I ask him to strengthen you by, by his spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength, that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask him that that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in, with all the followers of Jesus, the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love, reach out and experience the breadth, test its length, plumb the depths, rise to the heights, live full lives, full in the fullness of God. That's how we love our town. We build relationships and we tell our story. And we let the Holy Spirit do the heavy lifting. Does that make sense? So you don't have to come up with an elaborate plan. You don't have to be Billy Graham. You don't have to be a preacher. You get a chance in your circles of influence, just tell your story. And now look, some of us do have some stuff. You know, and I, I think actually when we tell our story, we're tempted to just tell the good stuff. You know, we... We might want to like sugarcoat some stuff. And I, I tell you, I think the power is in being real. I think I think people need to hear Christ followers tell it like it is. You know, we, we've got issues, we've got struggles, and I think sometimes that's a powerful part of our story because I think, I think God can use even like the junk to help. You know what I mean? I think he can even use the, the not-so-pretty stuff to kind of help connect you know we're not we're not advertising that obviously you don't want to you're not saying oh look at all the bad stuff i've done but you're, you're you're being real with your story and i think the holy spirit begins he can use that i think when we start doing that the holy spirit's like yes you just keep telling your story I've, i got some work to do in here and we never we may never see the results but we we're telling our story as we're building relationships we can love our town Imagine if we're just, in everybody in this room was just so desperate to tell our story and and to bring hope to people's lives that we just, we couldn't help it. Like this gal, you know, this, this gal, we don't even know her name, by the way. Longest conversation in scripture, we don't even know her name, right? Like that's, I bet the early church did. I bet they found her. I bet they've told that story. Can you imagine that though? Like later, the disciples come back to town and like, how did you do that? You know, where you brought the whole town? Can you tell us? Because we're kind of in the Jesus camp. We're part of his disciples. And we'd like to learn how you did that. You know what I mean? I think, she was, I think she was famous past this story. We don't even know her name. And yet, she was just so desperate to tell people. This guy, he told me everything. And then, even the, in the rough stuff. And she brought the whole town because she couldn't help sharing the news. Would that we were like that a little bit more? Like we were just excited that we have hope and freedom, and you can have that, you know? What what a great thing we have! Imagine if we we're just daily captivated so much by Jesus, we couldn't help it. You know, we don't have to push it in front of people. We don't have to browbeat them. We're not doing Bible grenades, truth grenades. We're doing we're doing things out of love, and we tell our story. We build relationships. That's good news. So let's let's each of us let's just commit to. You know, praying and think about the people in your life, in your neighborhood, the people you're around, that you interact with at the store, and you just start praying for them. I've been praying for a couple people in this town for a while. Well, one of them pumps my gas, and another one works at a restaurant, and I've known them for like eight years, and I'm praying. And I just uh, ask them, and I build relationships. I, I go do business in town. I mean, that's a way you can build relationships too, wherever you're going shopping or whatever. Uh, yeah, you're buying groceries, but there's a person that's doing that, you know? Maybe there's someone at Grocery Outlet you're going to start talking to, you know, or just start praying for. You don't have to tell them, just praying for them. Ask God, who are those people in my circle of influence that I'm just building relationships with? And one day I'm just going to be able to share the good news with them. I'll tell my story and let them decide. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. That is a beautiful thing. If we were also captivated by that, and that would flow naturally from us. Uh, In a few minutes, uh, we're going to shift gears as we often do. On Sunday morning, we, every time we gather, we uh, take uh, what we call communion or the Lord's Supper, and we remind ourselves of all the great love shown to us by taking care of our sin, what Jesus did on the cross. So we're going to do that here in a minute. But, uh, but today, again, the action item is, is we're going to be doing some clothing sorting. So I, I hope you can stick around for a bit after this service and help us out with that. Andrew will give us more information as we, as we get there. But uh, if you heard anything this morning, that's stirring your heart, please reach out to me, reach out to our our church family through the Facebook, there's all kinds of ways to connect with us, but God may be stirring your heart on some of this, and in this whole series, God may be kind of laying something on your heart, something that our city needs, our town needs, the town that you're part of, a need that you've seen, remember sometimes if we keep driving by a need, and we keep saying, oh Lord, somebody should do something about that, well it could just be you, that could be the thing. He's putting that there in front of us. God may be doing something like that. So lean in. Don't, don't ignore that. The Holy Spirit might be working on you uh, to affect change in a healthy way. Because we love our town. We want to have a passion for our town. We want to change our town. We want to bring Jesus to our town. Let's, uh, let's pause and, and pray. Uh, Father, we come before you and, and we thank you for uh, the love you showed to us. And Lord, help us to, help us to love the people you love. And to love our town because you love our town. Uh, Lord, help us to, to, to have our hearts uh, you know, softened for what you want to do in, in the circles of influence that you place us in. Father, help us to tell the greatest story. To tell our story and that leads to the greatest story of what Christ did for us, your son. Lord, help us to, to be that announcer of good news. To make that announcement of, of great joy uh, in, the, in, the, in the relationships you've already put us in. Make us passionate and bold ready to tell the good old story. In Christ's name we pray, amen. The next few minutes, the band is gonna play. And so I encourage you, if you're a follower of Christ, to come forward and take a little bit of the bread and dip it in the juice. It reminds us of his broken body, his blood that was shed for us. There's also places to extend your worship through giving. And it's like a small sacrifice, kind of in response to his great sacrifice. So I encourage you in the next few songs uh, to come forward and take communion and really do some business with the Lord. And if there's anything you need to chat about today or you need prayer over, uh, I'll be standing over here.
2: And as the The water, so my soul longeth
5: after
2: thee. As could be, and Jesus came forth to. He saved me, buried, carried my sins far away. The praise that's due Woo! man we serve an amazing savior i tell you oh you guys love coming and worshiping just being together in the house of god and just man it's so good So good, so good. father you are so worthy you are so far above what we could ever ask or hope for desire think of oh thank you that your love has no bounds has no border. Thank you for loving somebody like me. Oh, Lord, my God, when I you in
5: see the
2: stars And I hear the
5: rolling thunder
2: Thy power throughout The universe display Then sings my
1: It is so cool that we get to share him with others. And so I'm just so glad that in the middle of this I Love My Town series that we're doing something about it. Uh, Because it would be so sad for us to sit around and talk about how great it would be for us to do something for our town and to show Jesus to them. So now we get a chance to actually do something about that. Um, So we're going to jump into kind of our our service project time right now. And so for this, we're going to work as a team, and I'm going to need three volunteers to be kind of our traffic controllers that are going to be able to kind of point to which box to go to. So do I have three volunteers to be our traffic controllers right now? Oh, boy. Okay, Trina, you got one? Okay, Jack, you can do another one? Okay, all right. She can control stuff. Okay, Tom, (laughs) you got it. All right, so um, uh, you two head over by Stephanie. We'll get you with Stephanie um, right after you get off stage. Okay, so for the rest of us, the way this is gonna work, and we're not expecting 9 o'clock to do all of these clothes, so we gotta save some for the 10.30. I know you guys are clothes (laughs) sorting machines, but we gotta save a little bit for 10.30 to get in on this, so what we're gonna do is um, when we start, we're going to see how we got these arrows going like in a circle around the sanctuary. And what you'll do is you'll walk over to that big pile of clothes and you'll grab an item or two. And when you've got your item or two, go ahead and identify whether that is um, a, a man's clothing item, a lady's clothing item, a kid's clothing item. And then we'll kind of f- we'll fold it up and then take it over to these totes that are all marked, like we got men's shirts, um, extra large plus, we got ladies pants, like these sizes, and you'll just go stick it in there. Um, And then what this is gonna be able to do is allow the resource center to just give these away with some speed and organization. So this is gonna be really awesome. So we'll have our traffic controllers, you can ask them a question if you're like, I've got a coat, where does it go? Well, the coats go on the racks, so now you know. Um, So we got racks for coats, we got totes for kids, and um, everybody else's clothes. So we're gonna go ahead and do as much as we can in 10 minutes. Are you ready? On your mark, get set, go. Let's do it.
2: Nothing can separate far and wide I never thought I'd reach the other side